0: Good evening. We are coming on the air right now because President Trump has just ordered a military strike on Syria. It comes just two days after that horrific chemical attack by the Assad regime that killed almost 100 people, including women and children. President Trump called it an affront to all humanity, now he has retaliated.
1: listening to The Devil's Advocate where we talk about news and current events. I'm your host Mitchell Hernandez
2: and I'm also your host Brandon Condit. Our goal at The Devil's Advocate is to provoke thought by introducing viewpoints and information that isn't readily available in the mainstream media.
1: It's in truth a conversation where a conservative and independent like myself
2: and an independent liberal like myself can share different points of view without the typical disdain for one another we see all too often in the media and in politics. So with that let's get started.
0: On Tuesday, Syrian dictator Bashar al-Assad launched a horrible chemical weapons attack on innocent civilians. Using a deadly nerve agent, Assad choked out the lives of helpless men, women, and children. It was a slow and brutal death for so many. Even beautiful babies were cruelly murdered in this very barbaric attack. No child of God should ever suffer such horror. Tonight I ordered a targeted military strike on the airfield in Syria from where the chemical attack was launched.
2: All right. So obviously, there's yeah. a lot to talk about this week. So, um, you know, as, as we all know at this point, the United States dropped bombs um, on some Assad, some Assad aircraft, and, and mm-hmm. attacked a base in Syria um, based on chemical attacks that Assad. Di- did th- um, on on his own people, right? They said on the sixth. Or- what is almost conclusive. Um, so, uh, so just talk about Syria, which we're going to for the entire episode because there's right. a lot to say about Syria. Um, but to to go to to talk about Syria and how we've we've gotten to where we are today this week um, with Donald Trump and and that's that Syrian base being attacked. Um we kind of have to go back to the beginning. So that's what we'll do. We'll do the normal two segments um and and throughout the course of the show we'll go through the Syrian conflict and and then what happened this week and where we go right. from from here. So um Syria has always been a big thing for for (laughs) us um, or it was a big topic for us ever since the beginning it you know it it's interesting I think even as recently as last week I'm pretty sure one of us uh, claimed that Assad was um, was was there to stay and we don't know about that and actually no I'm pretty sure I agreed with you wholeheartedly I don't know that we we thought that that was necessarily the right way yeah, to go. It was the way. Yeah, that I didn't think was anyone going was
1: happy that Assad was in power. I mean, it just seemed like whenever Obama had pulled out and was like, "Nope, that, that's fine," he had the re, you know the red line in the sand, and obviously there was no consequences. Um, so we all kind of just felt like, all right, that's the right. way it's going to go. And we, I certainly did not anticipate that there was going to be another chemical attack you know this late in the game according to Russia they didn't right. have any more chemical weapons yeah so you
2: know so so let's go let's go through Syria starting with um with march of mm-hmm. 2011 um we actually had found a pretty pretty great article that goes through the timeline so we're going to go through that article um we'll cite it obviously in the comments and you can take a look at it and if you th- if if it's bs in your opinion feel free right. to send us that hate we we love the haters um but i actually think that this these are these are pretty concrete like this there's no bias involved with this article so we'll post we'll post it down below um so anyway in march of 2011 the first anti-government protest um the conflict in syria which um which started in 2011 um Started with the Arab Spring, and and you remember that all of, all of those countries in in the Middle East started de- de- demanding right, democracy all Spring. at the same time, and, and um, um,
1: really that was set in forth, and that was a direct result of what George W. Bush had said, uh, back whenever he we were doing the Iraq Wars and everything, and then they were doing their democracy, uh, after we uh, came in there and, and set up shop, he was even cited as saying like that this is my goal is to see democracies spring forth throughout all of the middle east and it happened for the most part the problem is that a lot of these democracies weren't there to stay uh they either crumbled um and but right. syria obviously is the one that just didn't it just kept going and it started off as peaceful protests and well just and quickly ended up uh, right being,
2: well, and within a month in april um of two thousand eleven, the activists across Syria gear up for what they call great friday um hoping that it will become the largest anti government rally ever um and don't get me wrong i don't I don't think it's unreasonable to protest no yeah, Assad, like that guy that guy's a bad guy um on april twenty second uh was the deadliest Day of unrest with seventy-five people um, killed right. in clashes with security forces. So Assad, from the beginning, as soon as these protests started, Assad was was sending. Yeah, it was a peaceful be, protest at first. Those protesters started. The
1: government started shooting on them, and then the protesters responded with started shooting back at them, and then boom. That's basically how this began. Was almost exactly on that date.
2: Right. And then the following month, um, the both the United Nations and the U.S. imposed sanctions on Assad and his inner circle for the first time. We love time, our sanctions. Um, in an attempt to stop.
1: <laughs> I don't we, think they do very do. much. I mean, all they and do, in my opinion, it, is just put the... No, and I... The dictator isn't going to be hurt by the sanctions. Their country will, so the people are going to get hurt. But he's going to have his right. connections and his friends and everything. We see that with South Korea, where they're like... Aha, this will stop them from, you know, having all of these weapons and whatnot. No, we're just gonna let our people starve. So
2: Right. Well, and I think it was about that time when you and I were discussing what do you do? what do you do? Yeah, we famously had this I don't know, discussion what do you do? Where
1: I remember you came in, you were like, We need to arm the rebels. I was like, Who the fuck are the rebels? <laughs> like And you were like, Oh wait, yeah, I guess I guess that wouldn't work. And right. then sure enough, a few months later, Obama, we're gonna arm the rebels. <laughs> like,
2: well, I don't know that it was a few months later. I think it might yeah. have been a couple of years. Remember, America sat on their hands for not only like six years, but when that when that really first started going, like you and I debated on whether or not America was going to do anything, and I fully believed that Barack Obama would suck it up. He didn't want to. He was the anti-war president, but I thought that just for, from a humanitarian right. standpoint, that. Barack Obama would suck it up, and we would end up going into Syria, pulling out of Iraq and Afghanistan, but going into Syria. And then the excuse that – or what he could tell his people who were going to inevitably be upset about war was, look, what are we going to do? Now, the simple answer on what we could do is we could actually be humanitarians and take in refugees. <laughs> but that's a story for I think for that is, time. that is so, a, the play um, that's a
1: humanitarian theater. I think that that is – not a, a true humanitarianism it just makes people feel good
2: well what you get then what you get in the reverse is we go into a country mm-hmm. we set up shop we become economically responsible for More that area nation. and you know we have a his we have a history of that not going well so you know i don't know but, one no, seems cheaper, cheaper, yeah, than absolutely. Than the other. It's, it's easy to let people so,
1: get murdered and say they're they're on their own. Although, arguably, we've spent so much money over there, basically funding ISIS at this point because all the people that we gave the weapons to, as soon as the ISIS started ruling in, they were like, "Nope, they cut people's heads off." I'm going to just put my weapons down. I'm getting out of here. And they were like, "Oh, look, cool AK-47s and all sorts of fun guns." So, you know, I think that when it comes to how much money we've spent and we didn't really do anything. <laughs> so less th- less
3: than 1% of the at, budget. Just look at Europe. All those refugees that. that
1: are coming in, and as we found in those last segments, where they're not getting jobs because there aren't enough jobs for everyone, so they have to get on all of those benefits, it mm-hmm. bogs it down. And those people were people who didn't need to take those benefits from Europe, and those are our allies. So whenever our allies are economically unsound due to these refugees, it does hurt us. So I, in my opinion, I think that there's... A very distinct advantage to being the world police on sometimes and the biggest one is that if we don't russia will and that is certainly not within our um our interest and plus it ended up just hurting all of our allies so and making them less likely to come to our aid if so a military action arise
2: i don't know i think i personally think republicans give russia way too much credit like putin talks a big game Putin's full uh, of shit. I don't know. So um, there, there's no. The, the, first of all, Russia, Russia would. What would Russia do? Russia couldn't do anything to us. They first of all, they're not as they're in a way worse off economic well, yeah, from we've been an economic with sanctions standpoint. And whatnot. Um, why would they? Why why would they go? Why would they do anything well, to a country we? more powerful? I mean, that's
1: the them. bottom line. Is, is yeah, we seem strong, but our military is out of date. We all know that. I mean, we we know of our Hillary Clinton. More Russia out puts of date money than into, their, into their military. They're funding it up. So is uh, China.
0: Less money, Less it money doesn't matter
1: than how, we do. as long as I'm, it's effective. Sure, Just because we put a lot of money into it and our contractors charge more money than they should doesn't necessarily mean that we're better funded or that we're better capable they have a very they have a good army we have we have a good army too i'm not saying that we don't i'm just saying that they've got allies and their allies are spending money on their militaries and our allies aren't because they're bogged down with social programs that the refugees are going into it doesn't help us
2: yeah i think i think that's a stretch a little bit but anyway we'll go we'll debate we'll debate that when we get to this week um so we'll go back to to kind of how how we got here in august of 2011 um from august to december the opposition tried to delegitimize assad um despite wide despite widespread condemnation from the arab league to the un the syrian president says he will not step down he reiterates that changes will be made to the Constitution to appease the demonstrators their words are meaningless they speak this way of a president who was elected by the Syrian people and not appointed by the West the president is not a minion of the United States Assad said we have chosen political we have chosen political means of solving our problems within the first days since the onset of those events mm-hmm. um, Assad stated that national elections would take place in December on August 24th Syrian National Council, a coalition of groups in and outside the country opposed to Assad was formed in Istanbul. Right. Um, so, you know, there. So there, obviously there's a lot there, but basically, to, to sum that up, Assad's not going anywhere. Six years later, Assad, Assad is still is, there.
1: So he was true to his word. He wasn't going anywhere. Right. Um,
2: yeah, no, he was. And a big part of that um, was because of... Relationship with
1: yeah, well, Russia, Russia didn't. Mostly it was Iran. Iran. Russia didn't um, come into it till a little bit later. <laughs> I mean, pretty much right off the bat, Iran came to Syria's defense. Syria, uh, actually, Bashar al-Assad started releasing a lot of these uh, prisoners, these more radical terrorist-type prisoners, so that they would get embedded within the uh, Free Syrian Army. Um, and then, therefore, to make it harder for people like us to to back them, because there was a lot of radical sex in it, and he mm-hmm. had a point because a lot of us didn't want to back up the rebels because who, the, who were the rebels, and it was it wasn't easy to to figure that out. Right. And obviously, ISIS came
2: right, but Russia, but from the beginning, Russia played a big part in in people not being able to to do well they, anything they about. Well, Let's back here, it's
1: it's got it. a thing here. saying China, in October uh, 2011 and February 2012, Russia and China uh, come to help at the UN. So the UN Security Council fails to pass a resolution condemning Assad's government with Russia and China vetoing the draft. So, and that was a big thing we knew from the beginning. We said that, like, these these guys are coming to play for, um, for Syria. And that's kind of what we were saying before, where it was like, well, the UN can't get anything right. done because the UN has to be – they have to pass these things. And as long as – Russia sits in uh, China go no nah, no problem you can't do anything there's a, a fundamental flaw on that it's kind of right. like our system where it's like oh well Barack Obama as soon as he pat crossed the red line instead of just taking action like he said he would he was like well I'll toss it to Congress well Congress wasn't agreeing on anything so who's surprised whenever they can't agree on on going to war and then it you know he tried to play diplomatic it was a total cop-off he knew that they weren't going to pass it so you know he just didn't want to do it
2: right yeah, no, I, I, I don't know, man. I think that like with Russia and China both being both being on that side where they're willing to to veto resolutions to to, to stop um, or to at least bring those guys to the table. I get that, like they're not. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just think the fact of the matter is Russia and Syria's relationship is similar to the United right. States, and Israel. So they have no reason to... Syria's warrant. got
1: very good um, weapon routes, And that's why Syria is very important. Uh, you, me talking to you over the years, I very often have brought up this impending war that I thought was inevitable. And I would always say that these are the players. It's Syria.
2: A war that makes no sense. It makes probably perfect probably sense. The
1: world happen. is primed for it. Yeah. And I would always say that it's Russia, China, Syria, Iran...
2: So um Forbes would say that uh Putin is the most is the richest man on the But Donald planet, Trump was. Right. Um he's got <laughs> but no. I don't think he's he ever claimed that. <laughs> I think you need I think you need, right. I think you need less bankruptcies to get there. Um but Don, so Vladimir Putin doesn't have all this money, right? But all of his friends do. Like his his one of his friends, a a cello player, is worth like I don't know fifth How spot. How the fuck on do you get to that point playing money. the cello? So, like you have to
1: be pretty damn good.
2: You don't. You, you right? You know Vladimir Putin, and and he puts his money <laughs> in your bank account, and. To, why would he want to? Go, who's sitting in a very pretty spot? Want to go to war with a country more powerful? Well, it depends. on Like I said, it him. comes
1: back to: Are we more powerful, or are we going to? And I think that that you see him testing the waters throughout this whole time. Even whenever Barack Obama let the red line in the sand thing go away, then it was and that was phew, the yeah.
2: biggest mistake of uh, I, to to me. That was the biggest uh, well mistake that. Of course, Obama because as a result, like you have uh,
1: Russia positioning itself as the new world police and the world superpower who's actually coming up and helping out it, take out ISIS on top of creating ISIS, allowing them to fester in a spot where they wouldn't have been able to before.
2: Right. And that happened, when was the red line drawn? It Oh, uh, yeah, I'm not sure. I'm sure it's got it listed on here if we, that, if we
1: scroll further down.
2: That was the first case of chemical weapon use. Chemical weapons, widely considered cruel and indiscriminate. Duh. Don't have to <laughs> tell <anybody laughs> Yeah, spring that. of 2013. Uh, uh,
1: before uh, that is when he had r- laid down right, the red line. Uh, he laid it down before that saying that, you know, we're not going to get involved, but if they are ever to cross this line.
2: I don't know. I don't, I don't believe that's right. I think he laid it down as a result of it. The first widely known chemical attack occurs um, near Aleppo on March 19th. Resulting in dozens of fatalities, including government mm-hmm. soldiers and civilians, the Syrian government invites Russian experts to investigate the attack. According to a Russian assessment submitted to the UN, sarin nerve gas was used in the chemical attack, and the rebels were responsible for making the sarin right. and l- launching the attack. Um, the, which... <laughs> bullshit. Well, then it goes on to say um, a second
1: fatal attack occurs the, um, in the suburbs of Damascus, August 2013 claiming hundreds of civilian lives the US promptly blames the Assad government for the attack saying the Syrian military uh did it to push back rebels from several areas Moscow dismisses the allegations as baseless so already right away you know you've got the same story that we saw this week with Russia going ah no nah, that, that that doesn't sound like the Assad I know he right. wouldn't do that <laughs> so right. kind of a pattern no, here a little bit of a not pattern a bad going guy. on so
2: right Um, And then it was It was August of 2013 When President Obama warns that the use of chemical weapons would tilt the U.S. Mm -hmm. towards intervention, with France also threatening retaliation. Russia says it has guarantees from Damascus that it would not use or move chemical weapons arsenal. Damascus vows not to use its chemical arsenal against its own people, but leaves the door open in the event of a foreign invasion. U.S. Secretary of Defense at the time, Leon Panetta, signs a order to deploy two Patriot air defense missiles, m- missile batteries to Turkey. The missiles are expected to bolster Turkish defense. Right. Against and what Syria. a fucking play right um, there.
1: I mean, being like, to, I mean, we're not using chemical weapons, but if you were to attack us, we might have to. And basically pu- putting that on top of us saying, well, if you use chemical weapons, we might have to attack you. I mean, it's a total, total bullshit move that we should have called out. And again, we didn't do it. We were just like, oh, okay. Well, shit. <laughs> you know?
2: Right. Now, here, here's the thing, though. Um, reiterating his August 2012 vow to attack in the case of chemical weapons, Obama asserts the right to strike Syria without cr- congressional, approva, <inaudible> con- con- congressional <laughs> approval. Congressional <laughs> approval? Right? Say it ain't so. As, as commander-in-chief. However... He said that Capitol Hill support would strengthen in the response to the alleged uh, right. chemical attack. And Capitol Hill said, um, well,
1: we can't agree on anything, so no.
2: Right. So, to be fair to Obama. He didn't try. He tried. And that's a, again,
1: um, being Obama and seeing that the, the type of opposition that he was – that would be like if Trump was like, well, I'll do it if the Democrats
2: say we can. No,
1: don't do that because they're never going to agree with you.
2: You know? He right. knows that. Yeah, I mean, that's not that's not an unreasonable. So I don't know. I've I've always thought the biggest the biggest flaw of Barack Obama's foreign policy was that we sat by and did nothing, and now we find ourselves in a much more difficult spot. Um, because, like, well, what the hell do we do now? You know, like, we're, well, let's see
1: if the attacks continue. I, I mean, I think that. When it comes to everything that we got done this week I mean, let's let's put it into perspective For the first time, we've got Democrats on board with, At least some Democrats on board with what we've been doing We've got Republicans on board with what we're doing here We've got, I can't remember all the countries that came out But France, England, Germany You know, all these other countries that are like Yay, thanks for doing the job that we could never do Yay, good job But at least they're on our side The only ones that are condemning it are like Iran, Syria, and Russia Go figure <laughs> <laughs> right, and I'm sure China would have said something, but they were sitting right next right. to the president, so <laughs>
2: here's the, here's the problem though here's the problem though, like what is the plan going forward? so we know that obviously th- that what got us to this point was. Assad Assad's not a good guy. First of all, the Arab Spring happened. So a bunch of people protesting want democracy. Assad's like, nah, not not playing that game. I'll just election. kill you instead. Um and what actually started off the, the protest in Syria, which isn't actually in this article, but it was the first story, um, and you'll remember it. It was there was a thirteen year old boy who was the son of um of two of the Mm -hmm. protesters right and so the syrian forces captured this boy kidnapped this boy um mutilated his genitals shot him in the head three times and then sent him back to his parents then he made them go on state tv and tell him and tell the world that the rebels did it um he used that boy and he used that family as an example of what he would do to anyone who opposed him which is what right. started everything between it it, it started the opposition right. the Free that Army. was going to be violent against against assad and right. obviously so, it, um, it progressed so that's what kicked the whole thing off. we were having Go that ahead.
1: conversation um, that was whenever for, i can not remember i mean it wasn't the actual syrian government army that was doing it but it was obvious that they were people that he had hired out and at that point it was their policy of they right. were going door to door house to house in these towns and getting out the whole families together putting them on their knees and executing them with shotguns and mm-hmm. children everything and that was whenever right. if you remember all those conversations way back in like 2012 or whatever I was sitting there saying like this is the line where yeah. we have to do it America because even at that point I was still a little bit liberal and I didn't want to see – and we had the whole, no war for oil and
2: – A little bit liberal. <laughs> Are you kidding me? This dude was like – Elizabeth Warren is the next big thing. I may thing. or may not I, have tried I to join the he socialist was. party I heard it. Point.
1: So I was pretty liberal. <laughs> may- oh, my God. And I didn't right. even remember that. But at some point, <laughs> Yeah. Fake. fake news. This is but, fake news. Yeah, so it, you know, uh, I, I didn't want to be the world police and all that, but even then, I was like, America needs to stand up and say that you can't kill children, and that's why I was very happy to hear or, no, Obama or not Obama, he never said it um, to hear Trump say it this week when he was like, no, when you look at these pictures and you see these children, he called them babies, which they weren't babies, they were children, um, you know, being gassed and you know laid out dead. It was like that I knew I had to take action, and so I agreed. it was like that yeah. that is my stance, that was my stance the whole time, so uh, I was definitely glad to see it happen
2: yeah so so before we get into this week, let's take a quick little break um i want i got I want to put in a couple more sound bites. Um, because-
0: Well, obviously, the events that have occurred in Syria with the chemical weapons attack uh, here in the past day uh, have just, I think, horrified all of us and uh, brought to the front pages and to our television screens as well uh, the tragedy that is part of the Syrian conflict. Uh, There is no doubt in our minds, uh, and the information we have supports, that Syria The Syrian regime, under the leadership of uh, President Bashar al-Assad, are responsible for this attack.
3: On Tuesday, the Assad regime launched yet another chemical attack on civilians, murdering innocent men, women and children in the most gruesome way. Assad did this because he thought he could get away with it. He thought he could get away with it because he knew Russia would have his back. That changed last night. As I warned on Wednesday, when the international community consistently fails in its duty to act collectively, there are times when states are compelled to take their own action. The indiscriminate use of chemical weapons against innocent civilians is one of those times. The United States will not stand by when chemical weapons are used. It is in our vital national security interest to prevent the spread and use of chemical weapons. Our military destroyed the airfield from which this week's chemical strike took place. We were fully justified in doing so. All right.
2: So, obviously, um, Nikki Haley had some, some strong words at the, at the UN this week. Um, so, so, first of all, what do you think about that? What do you think about what, what she said?
1: I uh, man, she knocked it out of the park. I think that she not only did her job... Which, you know, is to advocate for America's interests uh, Which I was a little, a little bit nervous whenever Donald Trump appointed her as the you know, UN ambassador Because she, she was obviously in the Marco Rubio camp She came out and, you know, endorsed him and all of that And in her rebuttal to the State of the Union uh, that The last State of the Union that Obama gave She basically, she did the same politician thing where you brought up everything about Trump But you don't actually say his name and was, you know, right. saying all these horrible people, we won't let him, you know, get away with everything. Uh, so clearly him making her the UN ambassador had me nervous. I was like, what are you doing? But right. she knocked it out of the park. I mean, I think that she was tough. Um, I
2: thought so too. I thought, I think that's first things first. We should go into, before we totally jump into Nikki Haley, um, is the fact that, so this week, Assad, first of all, so I had the bit about Nikki Haley there, and I also had the Rex Tillerson bit, mm-hmm. and I guess that that's probably the the more important one to start off the bat. Keep in mind that last week, before all of this mess with Syria, before all before the United States attacked, before Russia says anything, before Nikki Haley goes tit for tat with um, Russian ambassador, like before all of that happened, Donald Trump and Rex Tillerson said, guess what? Assad is the guy in Syria. We're stepping off. you're I mean, we talked about it last week that that we're the United States Syria policy is not our problem. Yeah. Assad's the guy. Um, and then what does Assad do? He wants to show everybody how big his crowd is, <laughs> and he uh, and he goes in chemical bombs a neighborhood like what right. what do you now, what are you doing
1: the problem and now russia's
2: hands are dirty russia's probably pissed actually because the
1: russian connection we're, re-
2: we're we're responsible russia is responsible for yeah don't don't think that we stop oh i haven't i've been reading social media they
1: think it's a it's just a huge conspiracy that they're just doing it guess what we're not look, talking not, about the russian I've connection i've always
2: I've always had the same theory about conspiracy theories, or I've always had the same um, attitude towards conspiracy theories. They're fun, and that's about <laughs> it. Like, give me some type of, like, hard, like, I'm, look, I'm they not a 9/11, 9-11 truther. Sorry, sorry to burst <laughs> bubbles, but I'm not that guy. Um, I don't think George Bush did it. Because um, it was Cheney, so, not
1: Bush, dude. right dude i
2: forgot but anyway you know i so before everything happened rex tillerson came out and said hey syria this is your problem not ours um so Assad had some balls like he won like he he, it was over he won yeah and and then he they're still fighting that civil war right So um, I had said that
1: before in previous segments where I was like, it's over. Effectively, it's over. They won. And I mean, obviously that we see here. Now, the thing is, is that what kind of sucks is that I almost feel like we acted a little too quickly just because there's Nikki Haley in that. She said, you know, there is irresputable evidence that Syria was the ones that attacked it. Where is it? Where is the evidence? Right. Because I haven't seen it. I know that the, the official story from Syria and from uh, Russia is that, well, these were the rebels that had captured some of these, um, these chemical right, weapons, the, which is co- completely Nikki, possible. I mean, they're, they're, the lines were moving back and forth consistently throughout the Civil War. They would lose Damascus, they would gain Damascus. They would lose it again, they would gain it again.
2: Things right, like but that Nikki Haley, Nick, but Nikki Haley made the statement, too, that... Um, Syrian planes, government planes, took off from that airstrip yeah. and circled the bomb areas twice within the nine minutes that right. the chemical bomb went well, off. Their story
1: so, is that they did an airstrike, but that, that somehow the explosion then hit the rebel uh, sarin gas caches but ex- that's not how it, it out. works that, yeah we, we had a, a technical uh, person came out and said no if you bomb sarin gas it gets evaporated it doesn't leak it doesn't just right. explode everywhere so that kind of rebuts that and also again we, we've seen this before where russia was like no they're not doing anything trust me and then they have to come in there and they had to di- you know when they right. disarmed so, the syrian government they disarmed a lot of um of chemical weapons from them so they definitely had them there um, but again, I just wish that there was more of a solid, I know that the rest of the world of at least our allies are, you know, saying, Hey, good job. Way to go. I just wish that there was a, m- a much more broader consensus because now when you listen to it in the news, you're constantly <laughs> hearing the Syri- the alleged Syrian gas attacks. And I wish that didn't have that alleged there. I wish it was a 100% home run. They did it. That's why we did it. And I feel like it was yeah, just a little it. too quick
2: i'm not i'm not hearing that as much um i think it looks i think it looks like they did it i think either way it does um there had to the thing is too it looks like russia knew about it and that brings up some that puts some dirt on on russia's hands more than the fact that it was just that it was used at all but i mean they they've got russian fighters on the airstrip at the moments that those that that chemical is being loaded up. Right. I'm not buying that you didn't know that was happening. You didn't, that didn't happen behind your back. So. um, Right. You wouldn't think so. And, you know, and also. So if I'm Russia, I'm pissed at Assad. Like, the West told you that you won. And within 48 hours, you went and screwed that up. So. (laughs) Well, you just said that
1: Russia would have to be involved. So they couldn't be pissed at them if they were in the loop if they were right beside them going, yeah, go for it. I'm sure we
2: got this. Right. You know. Yeah. I mean, I guess, um, but, but you know, the problem with Syria and, and the problem with, uh, so I thought initially, and you remember, I, I called you as that, as that was happening in, um, as we were launching the airstrike on Thursday night. And I initially thought that's a pretty reasonable deal. Um, I I right. understand why it was done. I think under it, it was the step that Obama didn't take. Um and I think that under uh any other president the same action would have been taken. I don't think it was a bad action to be taken initially. I just wonder what is the what's the game plan here now? Because it feels almost I don't too similar. Well, and that feels too similar to the Bush administration's war, which was let's go fight an idea and have no idea. No, well,
1: this is very different. It's not fighting an idea; treat, it's fighting an action. Treat, it's fighting they, when they we, we treat terrorism though. Do that,
2: like the West treats terrorism, like it's a person, like you can actually. Well, you can punish kill the groups if you
1: shut down the groups. I mean, there's always going to be another group. Right, but then there's
2: always another group. You can't destroy terrorism, so like you don't. You kind of
1: can, though. I mean, you can kill all the terrorists, and then you don't have to deal with it anymore.
2: Right, until the next group pops up. There's always there there have always been terrorists, whether they're Irish terrorists or Middle Eastern terrorists or Russian terror like that's always existed.
1: Here's the problem, though. We don't talk about those guys, the Russian terrorists or the uh, Irish terrorists, because somebody killed them. So we don't got to deal with them anymore. So we need to go and kill ISIS. That's the whole point. The fact is that we haven't been killing ISIS. We attack them whenever they try to take over another area, but we're not going in there right. boots on. Them. No one is. No one is, is putting, besides well, and the Kurds and are that's fighting the them. And that's the problem with and,
2: removing Assad, and that's where we're at now, is like, so if we remove Assad, who takes over? Because unless we go in and set up shop, which is obviously going to take an economic toll, um, what what's the game plan here? Because if we take Assad out, now that the West hasn't done anything for six years and ISIS is there, mm-hmm. what do you that do? That land is it's
1: barren. I mean, yes, it would be an economic toll to set up shop there, We'd get something out of it. It's not like we're gonna just one hundred percent completely go in there and, and get nothing for it. We definitely would. So you just need to be in that mindset of this is what we're gonna do now, and now we're gonna we're gonna come in here and and, and take this stuff.
2: Right. If if you're willing to if you're willing to um, take the that fact of the matter can- is, is
1: is so it's, let's, let's let's take a look at this. Barack Obama doesn't do it. He doesn't come in. He doesn't set up shop. He doesn't do it because a) we don't we're done with war. We've had the longest wars in American history, right? We're burnt out, and citing that economic tool of of that, you know, it's it's going to cost money, and also we're not the world police. Just assuming that no one else will fill that role, which I think is incredibly naive, and we also found was not true. Because of this. Syrian refugees have flooded into our allies' countries, bogging them down in their social programs because they've all set up their systems so that when you come in, you just get free stuff. And guess what? That has to come from somewhere. It has to come from taxpayers. So now they're at an economic disadvantage. The the European Union is at a disadvantage. They're supposed to have our backs. The world is less safe. There's more terrorist attacks. Sweden had another terrorist attack this week uh with another person again it, it's sad it took them what four or five years to figure out you can get in a goddamn car and just run people over but now that's the way to do it they're not spending three years making bombs and trying
2: to just uh, get them in right behind uh areas though all of this takes that,
1: an economic toll all of this creates was less that, okay commerce.
2: question in sweden mm-hmm. was that a refugee
1: no it wasn't it was um actually no, i'm not sure about this one um they caught because the it guy. They caught a guy. Like
2: it is much easier for ISIS to radicalize somebody over the internet in your own country than it is to send people through. That's fine, but they, the group still exist. They're the one. Yeah, that's
1: fine, but they're the group that still exists, and they exist because no one's putting their boots on the ground to take them out. Right, but and, well, the, you're, and the other with issue the, with the, the refugees isn't so much a terroristic F, um, problem; it's a problem of economics, where they're coming in and they're not getting jobs because there aren't any jobs they're poor because guess what they just left with the shirts on their back and they don't have anything to their name and it, they they aren't able to contribute because there aren't any jobs for them and now they're getting social programs to to live off of which strains their economy the our allies economy so there is a huge right. there is a huge you know um problem it, it's hurt just that one decision of I'd rather win the election than come in here and put – and do anything about it has hurt every one of our allies, hurt people, thousands of people, hundreds of thousands of people who have lost their life to ISIS, and the world is less safe. So right? I, I, mean, I get that you're saying that it might cost us a little bit of money, but to keep our strength and to keep our allies strong and to keep us as the dominant superpower of the world, I think it's yeah, a small how, price to pay.
2: But do you do you keep that strength if you economically drain yourself like the Bush administration it's, did?
1: I, I think we're still doing okay. Our our economy collapsed because of bigger things than Iraq. I mean, obviously you don't want to cut taxes eleven times like like Bush did whenever you're waging a war. That's stupid. <laughs> so you that probably don't want
2: to give refund checks.
1: <laughs> all that stuff is dumb. So is you know Medicare Part D, where it's just like let's addict old people to pills and then make it all free. That makes sense because that's not going to cost hundreds of dollars per person per month. Of course it will. So that but again that's not a conservative principle. That was so a liberal principle. In so. your so
2: <laughs> in your humble opinion. It's not so humble. Th- right. What do you think <laughs> A what do you think of the decision that Donald Trump made?
1: It was a good first step. And count.
2: and and where do we need to go from here? In and your and, and then I'll and then I'll do okay. the same. But what what do you think?
1: So I think that right off the bat I think that it was a good decision. I wish he would have waited a little bit longer and maybe gotten a little bit more of the groups because if you remember Russia right after the attack happened, Russia was like, Oh my gosh, where is this where did these come from? I guess uh, it, we must investigate. So they were planning to do an investigation on who were, who had these weapons and whatnot. I would have liked to see the report. I mean, obviously, they're talking years down the road, so that'd be too late. But, you know, and, but I get where he was coming from. His hands were tied. He already criticized, like everyone else did, like we are right now, criticized uh, Obama for being inactive. Mm-hmm. And quite frankly, they crossed the red line. They just did it again. So we can't sit there and, and condemn Obama well, for not doing anything yeah. when they cross the red line, when they do it again and we don't do anything. So I understand his hands were tied and he had to do that where I I don't think this is what we're going to do, but what I would like to see done is that we go over, put our boots on the ground, set up these areas. We, we take, uh, we're going to have to sort of fight the rebels because a lot of these rebels, if you remember, ISIS was originally part of the rebels and then they moved out and then they started fighting and then Assad had to fight them off too. And then, and everyone else was fighting them, but they started off as ISIS, um, the Iraq, uh, Iraq, Syrian Islamic State. So that's where they started, and then they moved on to ISIL and whatnot, and, they, and, and all of that. But so there's some guys that are the rebels that aren't aren't our friends. So we would have to set up shop, we'd have to create a safe zone, and start bringing these refugees back. And if you saw that CNN interview with one of the Syrian, um, I can't remember if he was a refugee or or not, but he was basically saying like he was praising Trump. And saying, this is what we want. We don't want to leave our country. All these people that came out and protested against Trump and and the the travel ban and all that, these millions of people who protested, didn't say anything for years whenever we were being gassed, when we were being kicked out of our homes, our children were being murdered. It's nice that you want to let us into your country. Thank you. But we'd like to stay in our own. And I think that that's a huge, uh, and it would create, I think that that's the solution, is that we need to get Syria back to the Syrians. And to do that, since Syria is not going to do it because Assad has already made that clear and they're backed by Russia, which is a, a strong superpower, we're going to have to back the Syrian people with actual military force. We're going to have to show up on the chess set and put down our pieces and say, this is, this is something we can win. So that's what I would like to see happen.
2: Right. But then who do they hold democratic elections? Who runs that? Country I personally after- don't care.
1: I don't care about democracy Here's as much the pro- as, as oh, the other people.
2: Right? Here's the problem. Then who puts the next guy in power? Us? I think. It, well, it depends.
1: I guess if it's going to be us, then I think we should take it and we should own it and we should be say this so, is now our state. And you can be. Do we a, have a good? Do we have a good history with that? Not necessarily, we don't. But I think not that sometimes, all. well, they, they have not worked in some. They have worked in some situations because we've been doing this for a long time, and so is every other part of the world. That's yeah, right. but a they haven't Africa worked for how French.
2: long? They they've not worked recently at all. We put Saddam Hussein in power. How did mm-hmm. that work out? We put we put everybody we in power, in power that power died too. six years ago. How did
1: that work out? Yeah, well, uh, the problem is is that we decided to take them out and then didn't replace them, so they were doing things that were. Reg- Obviously, not good. I mean, they, were, they weren't they were great guys. But at the same time, I don't think you're going to have anyone who thinks that, yeah, I think that Saddam, taking Saddam out was the right choice. Of course it wasn't. So, right.
2: Okay. But who do we, who was, um, God, man, I can't remember this dude's name now. Who was the uh, president or whatever of Afghanistan um, that Bush appointed? The uh, oil tycoon dude. I can't, no, I'm not gonna remember his name either. It was a Arab name, name, and I don't know it. <laughs> so. I used to, know, I used to know it. That yeah, sucks. we used to say it That's all the time, and now we don't know it. Unfortunate. Um. Yeah. But, but how? But even that, like, dude. I don't think worked. we should
1: put anyone else in power. I think we should put ourselves in power. I think we should set. When I say shut, set up shop, I mean not just put a base here and help them out i say this is now ours and we're the ones that are responsible for it and i understand that that, that raises concerns with imperialism and creating and conquering and whatnot. but the fact of the is matter that, is is that they're so they, what it's about not getting the, done so what about the will of the Syrian people? Do you? I think that they want to just live in peace, and if we're the ones bringing peace, I don't think they give a shit that they're going to be saluting our flag. I really Do you don't.
2: Think don't you think that if we set up shop there, that all of those countries surrounding it would like that would be we would become an easy target, right? Like well, we're... we could try,
1: but if we actually put our resources down, we could we could stop anything. So I don't just think that that
2: build would... a second United States in the middle of the in the Still middle a, a second of the United, middle United East?
1: State. There would be another state. They're part of the United. States states
2: right in a very very vi- volatile area um
1: right that's why we but we have the means to stop it if we actually try we're just not trying we're trying to bolster them up Hey, we'll send you some troops we'll send you some guns and these guys yeah, don't, don't have the same training they just don't and they're not able know if to I knock like, these guys down
2: i don't know if i like your idea but well, what's your here's, what's your here's solution the, yeah here here's where i here's where i get to pissing you off <laughs> Here's Rugged. where I get to pissing you off right now because I don't know I don't have like <laughs> I don't I don't have a plan and that's right. the that's problem is that not having me... a plan
1: is what got us into this position and it's hurting our allies and every one of our allies and let's let's face it we got dumb
2: allies that what surprises me I never thought that we would actually do this like after you know after a couple of years a few years you're like okay this is probably not uh this is probably not going to happen we're probably not going into Syria ever so when the uh, eat the air all the <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>, time i did <gasps> I'm, I'm glad you caught that i did um so when when Donald Trump launched that strike a couple of nights ago i was shocked um and like I said yeah. I was initially ha- I was nervous. Initially I happy.
1: I don't want be- war with Russia. I mean I I, could, I have gone on at I length about think, not wanting war with Russia. I don't
2: think we're going to get a war with Russia. Um I don't so
1: think so. I don't, so. Think, I don't you- think that they want to have war with us either. I don't think that they're ready. But I also no. didn't necessarily think that before we rebuilt our military that this was the time to start attacking
2: people. <laughs> no, but Russia like North Korea like um like these guys are north talkers. Korea, yeah that was the
1: other one that would be part of the the war that i was when i was listing off all the other guys of course north korea comes into play on there as well and the, you know they've got so, nukes, and have been saying they're gonna nuke us for the that's past the, five years
2: that's the other interesting thing too is like a lot of news outlets and whatnot have been saying well does this show kim jong-un like oh donald trump is here's the thing and I had a conversation with uh, a buddy earlier, and my, my thought was, is it a good thing or is it a bad thing that the Trump administration was able to flip so fast? Because in one in, – in if you look at it one way, you can say that um, – Donald Trump's not going to be pushed around. So if if he has yeah. a position on something and uh you step over that line, he's not he's not going to take that. He will he'll push back. Okay. So that's one way to look at it. The other way to look at it is he's reactionary and that can be dangerous in the wrong situation. Um, it can if if
1: nukes are involved, <laughs> but I mean that, that's the, the bottom line. I mean, the thing is is that it, I, can't, I should have looked up the numbers, but if you look at the active members of our military, opposed to the active members of the military, of the Russians, of the North Koreans, of the Chinese, it is we are staggeringly outnumbered, uh, which mm-hmm. is why I, and when you look at the active forces in what, France. What, England? What, these guys aren't going to do anything, or, or uh, Germany and all the other places. We'd even let them have an army for forever. <laughs> I don't know. I, <laughs> you know? I just think – They're not going to be able to help us, and we're going to be out I think numbered. it becomes
2: a little bit easy. Keep in mind that you're kind of – I don't even know if passive-aggressively writing off our allies is is the right way to to say it, but you're kind of just forgetting that, like – you are still talking about the most powerful countries in the world. So when are they? They're not the most powerful countries in the world. I think just because the they're first histor- world countries
1: doesn't mean they're powerful.
2: They have the money. Yeah, to historically, be you're
1: gonna go back into the 1400s and say, "Well, France? <laughs> you
2: know, no, we're not no, I'm not." Anymore. But I mean, isn't that though? What you kind of just did when you're like, "We have a history of succeeding with putting <laughs> dictators in place." <laughs> yeah, that's, that's at least a like,
1: hundred years. I mean, shit, we're only... really. Uh, 200 some odd year country so we right can't go too far too much farther back than that um, so we have it,
2: like a 75 year losing streak currently so <laughs> it's not it's not good um I just, up. Up. I, th- yeah, I just made that I up i just made that up and somebody's gonna attack me in the comments and it's be like 75 years no i don't know I No, we've got a losing streak
1: within the, the last like 12 years and and it's only whenever we started messing with the chess pieces and then not replacing them
2: 12 and years i mean we did like dude we put in saddam hussein we put in people in the 80s that like we then went and yeah. took out that we, yeah, we don't I, have no. a good and history like said, they're, they're, they're bad
1: guys but they weren't do you think that that saddam hussein was responsible for nine eleven? I mean, he was doing no. bad things to his own people. No, I don't. I think Saudi Arabia
2: was responsible for 9-11, and they're right. not on the freaking Muslim ban list. So Got that,
1: got that cheddar, cheddar cheese, dude. But, but <laughs> 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 Regardless, like I'm saying, you know, when it comes to Assad, I think I everyone has, has said that he has to be removed. Russia's not going to remove him. At least, I don't know. Maybe they, they, they assess the situation. They can talk about it and go, you know what? We're not ready for war. We're going to go ahead and, you know, we're going to get away from him. And if so, then they're going to replace him. I think that would be a mistake. I think anytime that you replace Assad with, without changing that structure, without shutting down the civil war, you're just going to have troubles. And the, big, the bigger thing outlying is you've got to take out ISIS. And if you don't do yeah. it, and there's no way to do it with a, without putting boots on the ground. These guys recruited thousands of thousands of foreign troops within six months they popped up out of nowhere with yeah but this
2: was also this is not what they're currently doing like isis is much weaker than it was when but they're not gone even a few years ago with barack obama um
1: right well russia started stepping up and started fighting them but even they aren't really putting boots on the ground to take them out, and that's what it's going right, to
2: take. Right, but but we're talking about when you when you cite things like, oh, they had thousands and thousands. Not anymore. They don't. I'd like um, to see
1: exactly how big they are
2: now because I know they people aren't people but. aren't running to join ISIS. ISIS is losing. The United States is closer and closer every day. Or not necessarily the United States. The opposition is closer and closer every. Not at all the United States. The correction. Um, the opposition is closer and closer every day to taking back what what I can't remember the name of the town, but it's ISIS capital in in the region. Like ISIS is not doing well are they still a problem yes they are al-qaeda is still a problem not a huge one but it well, still right, exists obviously. um so i'm not i'm not saying that we that we don't need to do something there we obviously do and i think we do we should and yeah, regardless of if a united states is
1: attacked our allies are getting attacked a lot right and it but it continues to keep happening
2: right you know? so here but i would say that I think it gets a little over sensationalized when you reach for stats from 2012 13. Yeah, there was a big there was a big influx. Right. Um it's for ISIS going but then the we started we killing them. Go.
1: Well, we haven't. We started just bombing, killing a lot of civilians right. as well. When
2: I say we, it's like the proverbial we, like we, the good people <laughs> in the world, oh, um, the good guys. So, Ooh, that's us, right? I'll take credit for <laughs> sitting at my computer and doing a talk show and not doing anything else, right? Um, I'm a warrior. I'm a keyboard right. warrior. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, I don't know. I, I, I think we're in a really, we're in a really weird spot right now because with the attack you
1: never guess that but like other than saying you don't know i mean what do you want to see happen at this point i want
2: to see here's what i want to see i want to see the white house stay quiet for like a week and because while they're being quiet i want to see them actually come up with a plan for what we're going to do now are we just going to step are we gonna step back and not and wait for yeah. the next chemical attack and then if I we think do, that's the plan, is that if you
1: cross the red line we'll attack you and we're prepared for more attacks if you like, I don't think that they've come out yet and said Assad has to go. I think that they've come
2: out and no, said... No, Nikki Haley came out... That the the Haley... rest
1: of our allies think that Assad needs to go, but I don't think they've ever come out and said, we're no. going to make it Nikki
2: happen. Haley came out Friday, I believe, or yesterday, um, Saturday, and said that um, that... I think she said Assad needs to go. Reg- no, yeah, she said Assad needs... And that regime change was a priority of the United States. That's okay. what she said to Jake Tapper. So... I don't know. We'll, I mean, we'll see. what. But what I would like to see is them to actually be quiet for a minute, think about what they're going to do, and come up with a plan that was better than the Iraq-Afghanistan plan and execute it and make it work. The only like, thing better than that is setting up shop. That's <laughs> the only thing that and would be different. If yeah. that's what they decide to do. But if they decide to just step back and wait for the next chemical attack... I mean, there's something to be said about that as well. But if they don't, then they're letting them cross a red line. And if if here's the thing, if we step back, what will most likely happen is we will be tested over and over and over and over again. And we well, got Russia moving all we're,
1: their destroyers to the place where we, you know, they're sending off their bits of their which navy. Which
2: I think was probably expected by the White House. That seems like a very political statement. Blake. Yeah, it's uh, kind of a checkmate, or you know, check sort of not checkmate,
1: right. but check scenario. You try to shoot off some more tomahawk missiles, we're gonna knock them out of the sky before they even reach their targets. If you're attacking our allies, right? But uh, and keep in the, mind that, they, that Trump called Russia and let them know. He called a couple countries and let them know. He called our allies and was like, "Hey guys, we're about to drop some tomahawks," and he right. did. And he did let Russians know in in an effort to try to minimize uh, civilian casualties which I, again, I think was the right thing to do. Uh, I'm glad that I haven't heard too many liberals saying, Russian collusion. A couple of them did. I know Chris Matthews had his dumb moment. but <laughs> Yeah, I'm not... <laughs> He's too busy still feeling those little goosebumps up his leg from Barack Obama. I'm not so
2: worried. <laughs> like, here, I don't... Like, I don't know. I don't think... I believe Donald Trump more on this one that, like, for moral and ethical reasons... This is why we took a stand. Um, I think also, obviously, for political reasons, like there's look, there's there's no way that it didn't. Pay, OK, maybe there's maybe it didn't. But Donald Trump is probably one of those guys that would think just based on, you know, his ego, that there's a red line that Obama drew that Obama let people step over. Right. I can one up Obama right now. And that's why I
1: say his hands were tied. He had to do it, you know.
2: Right. So, get that um, so I don't know. I just, again, I, I'm really conflicted on this because I don't know what the right path forward is. And somebody smarter than me needs to figure out what the right path forward is. I already because, did dude. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, I, I said smarter than me though. So, um, but you know, I don't know. I, I, it's hard for me to crap on the trump administration for making the move i'm just very very hopeful that they avoid, avoid doing anything too damaging to the united states through this um i can't imagine so, how it
1: would be damaging you know i think that not doing anything would be way more damaging than to take this this attack you know especially after seeing the re- the reaction of all of our allies it still irritates me that they love whenever we intervene, but they won't do it themselves. I mean, France is the closest with all their strikes, but you know, yeah,
2: I don't know. But at, at the end of the day, I I don't think it was I don't think it was a bad decision. I'm just interested in where it goes, and I hope that I hope that a lot of smart people get together and and figure out what the right way forward is because because uh, we could potentially get ourselves into into some shit if we don't play this right. so I still think that we're... war is coming. I don't. So um, we'll agree to disagree on that one. So Until anyway. it happens, and you have to buy me a burger. All right, that's fine. <laughs> I'm still waiting for my Donald Trump ass tattoo. So um, <laughs> I'm just saying, deals are deals, bro. That's right. Um, I actually don't want that. So... Um, <laughs> So this just in, if we haven't mentioned it before on the show, I was told that I would be getting it paid for Donald Trump tattoo on my buttocks if Hillary Clinton didn't win the election. I'll Um, still pay for that. (laughs) I was, yeah, I don't know. I just, like, I'm busy that day. So um, (laughs) (laughs) so, anyway, but I think that's a good place to to end this The president, uh, we are told at this
0: hour, has removed Steve Bannon, of course his chief strategist, from the Principles Committee
1: of the National Security Council. Uh, this is a, uh, something that's just developing right now, something that is incredibly interesting, Kate, because as you'll remember, when this administration was forming its government, the decision to put Steve Bannon, a political strategist, on the Principles Committee of the National Security Council was uh, heavily scrutinized and
0: criticized from Republicans and Democrats alike. Fox News host Bill O'Reilly and his network taking some heat now over new revelations involving alleged sexual harassment by the conservative commentator. Last week, the New York Times reported O'Reilly and Fox News paid out some $13 million in settlements over about a dozen years to five different women who all claimed that O'Reilly sexually harassed them. The backlash has been harsh and expensive. All
1: right, so going into the speed round here, first thing up was Bannon getting kicked off of the Security Council.
2: Good old Steve Bannon. So,
1: <laughs> but how is he going to run the world if he's not in the Security Council? Right, right. But, but um, <laughs> so, I, and personally, I don't even. It doesn't matter to me whatsoever. Um, did they come out with an actual explanation of of why he? I don't. Is getting kicked off? Did they? Did they say anything I don't official?
2: Think, no, I don't think there's an official statement. the The kind of the word about town is that. Um, that uh Kushner and Steve Bannon are not getting along um, and that the generals that are part of um Trump's administration don't like Steve Bannon and um Steve Bannon was said to have made comments about um being in uh in basically in constant conflict with the family um
1: isn't he in constant conflict kind with everyone of, like literally there was always reports well they said that the whole thing with rain uh, reigns previous that they were constantly in conflict and then they came out with a joint thing and maybe, said that they weren't but, basically disagree but with each other the trump,
2: whole time <laughs> but trump has even commented um, or people close to trump have commented on how many anti- Jared Kushner articles have come out on Breitbart over the last like three weeks. So, um, well, that's awkward, right?
1: Now, I'd also heard reports saying that, oh, no, the only reason why he's stepping down is because he was basically a babysitter for uh Flynn, Michael Flynn, and now that he's gone, we just don't need him to be there anymore. Yeah, that, you know? that
2: may be what the administration is saying. I just think that sounds like the spin I think zone, the, the most realistic i mean out of the out of the things that we've heard, like it makes sense that people wouldn't get along with him, and especially in that position that's <laughs> i think that was the biggest yeah, he's a con- pretty intense that guy. was the biggest concern for most people who didn't. Like a lot of people didn't like Bannon being a part of the administration at all. I was one of those people, but when they when he got that position on the Security Council, that made me go, "Well, what the hell?" Like it would be like putting Milo there, Michael Moore. Like I don't need some <laughs> media mogul to next be. to Daddy. <clears throat> so, right. So, yeah, it
1: didn't. It didn't bother me. I mean, I think that he is a senior advisor, so it makes sense that he would be in the loop, so that he could offer the best advice. Obviously, uh, I don't know if their relationship between uh, Bannon and Trump's, you know, if it's waned at all in the past couple months or, or weeks, whatever right. it's been. Um, you know, it doesn't, I know, he always sees it's kind of like a in the shadows type of guy where even whenever he was had the most influence, you really didn't hear anything about him. You really didn't know what right. he was doing. Um, so I don't think that any of that's going to change. Uh, personally, I don't care. Yeah, I don't care that he's not sitting in the meetings at I, all. I mean, if I don't care, I like the the military action that took place. So whether he was involved or not in that decision, I think that they've got it covered.
2: Right. Yeah. I mean, for me, I don't. Well, I guess I care in the sense that like I'm kind of glad that it happened. I didn't like the Bannon was there in the first place. I don't like Steve Bannon. Um, I don't like Breitbart News. I don't like. Pe- Um, right so um yeah i shared that meme a couple times um i'm not i'm not gonna lie um but you know so it doesn't it doesn't bother me that somebody like that's gone it wouldn't bother me if barack obama had put michael moore there like i would be like you know what you should probably not be on the not the choice i would
1: make but you know it's your it's your cabinet it's your i would be
2: calling for that decision to be changed so i'm not i'm not upset that steve bannon is gone i don't it's not to me. It's not a huge story. Still, Steve Bannon's still around, so it's not a huge story. But I think it's right. a good step. So I don't know. Yeah. So th- so that's Steve Bannon. Um, the other story that happened this week uh, was <laughs> Bill O'Reilly's like twenty seventh accusation of sexual harassment. Um, <laughs> so.
1: I mean, he's he's trying to go for this whole record with Bill Cosby. I know they got Ayers. like their little bet going um, on. <laughs> you know,
2: at, at, all all yeah. of all so of Fox and friends. Um,
1: so <laughs> right, I, I don't know. I don't doubt it. These I, dudes are no, dinosaurs. I, I mean, they come from a different era where you know you could slap women on asses and, you and wanna, smoke on airplanes. So. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. It was a different time. And I think they're they're byproducts of that time. So I don't, I don't, you know, think, I don't doubt it for a second. I don't now, think I that's will, an
2: excuse. That's not a pass. But I, you no, know. it's
1: not. I'm just saying that. Yeah, that I think that that's what. So makes what do me you think about it. now? Obviously, I don't think that there's. So what do you slam dunk? What do you think about it?
2: the fact that um, like advertisers are boycotting Bill O'Reilly and boycott and, uh, and and some Fox as as a network? What do you think about that? Do you think that's right? Do you think that's Do you think that jumps? to a conclusion too fast here's, or do you think that 27 yeah, well, allegations is enough to be like ah you probably did it so <laughs> um,
1: i gotta get 30 man right. 30 or nothing no but i think that i'm kind of torn on that because i understand like right now advertisers are pulling out of everything mm-hmm. and the reason they're doing it is because of social justice warriors yeah. and social justice warriors are particularly taking the deepest of pleasures in ruining careers. If you think that, they, that you have culturally appropriated someone, social justice warriors will jump into their keyboards, they'll just bang away at them, and now you've lost so, yeah, your I career. Can, I can and, understand
2: that in specific instances, but in this one, it feels a little bit different to me. In this
1: um, one, yeah, but I also don't think that if the social justice warriors were around that these advertisers would give a shit. I really don't. I think that they, they would say, "Oh, well, it's not proven yet," and blah blah yeah. blah. So we're still keeping it keeping it going. I think they're only everyone is skittish. I mean, you yes, see what's, but what's happening think, on YouTube, but, where advertisers are just jumping ship yes, on, uh, from everywhere. I agree, but
2: I think that I I don't know in this case if they wouldn't because I think that rape is something to. I think, right I think they're right to do it. I think they're right to to be um to something something to be skittish about. And the only re- and I said rape and uh, because as you were making your
1: We didn't do this 26 years before. well,
2: and I'm not saying that he raped. Like the charges aren't rape. They're sexual harassment. Um didn't didn't right offered somebody a job or didn't help her get a job because she refused his sexual advances. That's the story. Um, Right,
1: and that's kind of slippery because... But I bring up rape because while
2: you were making your point, I thought back to a couple years ago, um, EA Sports had an issue where Patrick Kane, a Blackhawks player um, for the NHL, was um, accused of raping someone. Um, And they immediately took Patrick Kane off the cover of NHL sixteen or I, I think it was sixteen. Um yep. and like immediately He's still playing. Now so. <laughs> he wasn't he wasn't found um he wasn't found guilty and they never apologized. I don't think they needed to. I also wasn't I think if there are rape allegations surrounding you, then it's probably fair for advertisers to pull from you. Um Yeah
1: rape's not a good no, look. No, it's not. You know, It's probably not what so, you want your I product associated your with. But I do your
2: point about other things. I think, like, with the Confederate flag a couple of years ago, um, there was, like, this whole... Look at you, you Nikki you Haley. Can't, you can't... <laughs> um, Sell a Dukes of Hazard toy now because of the Confederate flag? Where, like, yeah. that's a little bit overboard. I never liked. Do Confederate I agree? Flag. Like, that, I always thought, and it, a lot of people don't, and I'm not a huge fan of it either. Right. What I will say is that some people consider that part of their heritage, and that's fine. What I will also say, and it
1: is a part of history. Whether absolutely, whether social justice warriors like it or though, not, it is, is a that historical thing.
2: If you want to fly it at your private establishment, that's your decision, and and the consumer can decide if they want to go. Put money into your establishment or not. Right. That's the free market. But if the taxpayer is paying for it to fly at a city or state capital, I think that the taxpayer wins out and you take that down. Like, half of the taxpayers don't want that there. They. Consider that a racist Right. The Confederacy symbol.
1: basically said, we're not the United States, so why in the hell would we fly the Confederate right. flag whenever we're the yeah, United that's, States? It that's part of my
2: heritage. Your heritage lost. So, oh, yeah, well, you have to stick it in a museum.
1: That, and I think that Nikki Haley was right when she did that, where she took it down and then she said, you know, this belongs right. in a museum. It doesn't belong I agree. flying. I know? agree. So I think yeah. that's... So anyway, but when it comes back to Bill O'Reilly, I think that, um, obviously investigate it because uh, i i don't right. doubt it that he would have done it i don't, obviously there's no evidence that he had done yet, it right um, and yet so we'll see if there is i also don't think if, that if it was a different time i don't think that the adver- the advertiser would have been pulling as made evident by the 26 previous right <laughs>
2: allegations and if there <laughs> is if, if there did. is something there hopefully they'll find it and hopefully the the right actions will be taken yeah. obviously we'll watch that and see what happens um I have a feeling it'll probably go the way that the other however many. It's not really twenty six. We keep saying that it's not really twenty six, but it's a lot. <laughs> um, this right. isn't the first time that this has been that this is, and he's settled cases too involved right, right, in this. Right. So we'll see. You know, we'll see what happens with it. But it looks like. Um, it looks at like, at least for now, the story is that people are boycotting and we'll see what Fox does about it. So anyway, um, right. I think that's probably a good place to wrap up that part of the speed round real quick, real quickly. We will discuss a little bit about what's going on with the devil's advocate. Um, first of all our the show is up on google play now um so you can so you can Boop. download it that way or you can stream it that way um we we'll are probably be getting away breaking away from soundcloud for right now because google play just it, it's we're there's more access um for for listeners to better to, fit. yeah it is it is i i really think that there are more people um fit so good YouTube or I'm sorry SoundCloud is great and we will keep the content that's on SoundCloud up on SoundCloud um but
1: and we still use SoundCloud for our music. <coughs> so yes, we do. Obviously, we like SoundCloud. Right,
2: we do. Um and you can check out that SoundCloud if you are interested in our music Mitch and I Good morning, good, good morning. Good morning, good morning. Um it is available on SoundCloud also on Facebook. Um that's our little project that we do. Um so so you can check that out as well um so google play is kind of what we're doing right now itunes is still in the work podcast addict is still in the works as soon as we have more information on that we'll obviously update all of the social media accounts um we have brought in our buddy frank um Everhart to help us do some of these website managing and and help us out with the social media and, and getting things to run smoother for you, the listener. So we are doing that. Um, Mitch has got some some YouTube stuff to talk about.
1: Yep, we are. Well, we've always been on YouTube, but we're currently trying to get uh video up. This should be the first um, week. Eleven will be the first week, uh, hopefully in which we have uh side-by-side video of us, you know, doing what we do mm-hmm. uh, where previously I would basically have the audio of the week from the podcast and then just insert pictures. Uh, so we've been working hard on that, trying to be able to do this from two different locations because we don't right. live together and we preferably want to be able to s- cut segments and drop them as soon as possible to get the, the optimum amount of traffic right. uh, and therefore right. grow our base. So that's hopefully what we're going to be doing. Um, as soon as we're done with this, I'm going to be checking it out, trying to edit it and see if I can get it all together. Right. Um, our, our future, so, assuming I'm successful, our future
2: episodes will of the podcast um, will probably come out on either late Monday night. If you're the early bird that we always, we always talk about, or now on Tuesday mornings, most podcasts release their new content on Tuesdays. Just figure if you're, if you're, um, you know, on a podcatcher or something right. like we'll that we'll be advertising yeah. on right. tuesdays we'll be we'll be putting all of the new stuff up on tuesdays um for the next week next week is easter um we're not gonna do a show um that's partially the reason we know because we're christian <laughs> not necessarily that um we do have <laughs> christian families and i'm sure that we have a lot of Christian listeners that probably have shit going on. Um, so we, <laughs> so we're actually not going to cut one. There's also there's also a, a little bit of a, a, a another reason too. A big part of that, um, is that I'm having oral surgery on Thursday, so we're not going to yeah. have an up. Uh,
1: and I feel really bad about that, by the way. When I punched you and I took, out yeah, like right, I mean, that was right, that's what happened. <laughs> um, I told you Trump right. was
2: going to win. Um. <laughs> So no, but so I'll be, I'll be doing that. I'm going to have a little bit of, of a mouthache next week. So we won't be shooting an episode next week. I would assume that I'll at least be able to, to talk, um, the following week. So we're going to play it by ear right now, but the plan is only to take one week off. Um, and then if that plan changes, we'll Well, try to keep Facebook and Twitter and all this stuff. So
1: right and i'll try to keep facebook active so hopefully we'll be putting some articles up and putting our take on them things that don't really involve speaking but still kind of get our ideas out and uh um yeah still stay active
2: absolutely so um so i think that pretty much does it for for the speed round uh
1: Well, that about wraps up the discussion this week.
2: Don't forget to leave us a like and be sure to subscribe for all our latest content.
1: Links to the topics discussed are listed down below. Be sure to comment and let us know just how wrong you think we are.
2: We definitely will respond. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. And now we leave you with this week's Alternative Fact of the Week.
3: Tonight, a stunning admission in that Oklahoma home invasion that left three teens dead, and this alleged getaway driver facing charges in their deaths.
0: I know what we did was stupid and wrong.
3: 21-year-old mother of three, Elizabeth Rodriguez, sitting down with ABC News in the Wagner County Jail, where she's being held on three counts of felony first-degree murder for her alleged involvement in the deadly botched burglary.